welcome to Geek Grills. I'm September, also known as Nine of Twelves. I am here for a very special episode today. I have a guest who's an actor, a producer, a best-selling author now, and all-around nerd, Will Wheaton. Hi. Hi. I've been listening to a lot of your pressers and, and podcasts you're on, and I thank you for coming on a podcast instead of just press junket stuff. Oh, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's a real pleasure to, to speak with you. And when I got your email, I was like, hey, this sounds really cool. And what a neat thing that I get to be part of. So I'm really glad it worked out. It is. You're like going to be great for any show. And I, oh, wow. Marla was very upset that there's a crow trying to uh, apparently sit on a wire in the backyard. Honey, you can let that go. It's really just a bird. <laughs> <laughs> Get yourself some peanuts. Make friends with the crow. We, are, we, uh, we actually are. That's why that crow is on the wire. Uh, that crow is actually looking for me to give it peanuts in the backyard. Oh, yay. Something else we have in common. <laughs> Something I only heard a brief mention of as you talked about, this reminds me of when I was on BBSs back in the yeah. 80s. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I am also that nerd, and I'm dying to know what your handles were. Oh, my gosh. For a long time, I used the handle Hero, H-I-R-O, based off of uh, Neil uh, Stevenson's novel, uh, Snow Crash. So I named myself after Hero Protagonist. Um, so I called myself Hero for the longest time. And uh, then I was one of the uncountable numbers of Gen Xers who called themselves Gandalf um, when, uh, you know, when we were kids and getting started. <laughs> I mean, I've got no room. I did use Trillion for a number of years. Awesome. Myself. That's great. Yeah. Um, how does it feel? Uh, you've got kids too. I do. And our kids grew up in just having the internet. Yeah. Right. So like I've had to explain to them what that funny noise is if I insert a modem noise somewhere. Right. <laughs> I had a really fun moment with my younger son uh, about a decade ago. Um, I found a mud that was still connected online and you had to get there by telnetting through a terminal. And I said to my son, come here, I want to show you what the internet was like when I was in college. I want to show you how we played. This was how we hung out. This was our world of Warcraft. And I showed, I opened it up, opened up a terminal window, uh, darkened the desktop so that's all he could see. And I was like, this is what we did. And he could not wrap his head around it at all. He did not understand how there was anything even remotely fun in that. And I said, like, I get it. I totally get it. So like, it's, it's, it's really weird to just think about how incredibly different technology has advanced in just an incredibly short time. There's a lot of things going on with our kids that are so different than we thought they'd be. I, um, uh, I'm in a Gen X forum on Reddit and I really enjoy it. It's just, it reminds me of the old internet. Um, I don't know if you've seen, this has been in the air lately, you know, as like, uh, as, as the fascists and the bullies and the disinformation specialists and the trolls are like really out of control and really just, I think, threatening to absolutely overwhelm the social internet. A bunch of us have been talking about the early internet when it still seemed kind of cool, when 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 kindness was sort of the currency of that that era, and uh, uh, before like trolls and shit posters kind of took over and wrecked it all. And and we've been talking about those those early days of um, feeling like it was uh, more supportive and more fun, and uh, and 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 this wonderful, exciting new frontier, and not the dystopian hellscape it's in the process of becoming. And um, it's so interesting to be part of that generation that remembers the change, 
that remembers like we've existed in the analog world, the analog and digital world, and now in the digital world. And, and that is a strange thing that we're going to get to have that I imagine it's going to be very similar to people who, who came of age, like when trains were expanding across North America or when commercial air flight was becoming affordable in the sixties. Uh, it's just a really interesting time to be alive. Oh, absolutely. Um, speaking of Gen X stuff, my kids, uh, my youngest son plays fallout. Uh huh. I can't watch. I can watch the rest of the game, but the opening yeah. whole sequence, like I can't play it because I can never get through that. Yeah, it's rough. get those shades of <laughs> of being triggered from having to do drills. Yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, I remember the existential terror that our generation grew up with with all of the uh, uh, nuclear drills and things like that. To me. I find active shooter drills infinitely more terrifying than nuclear drills because like if I've just accepted this from the from as long as I was aware of like the threat of nuclear annihilation like if it's going to happen it's going to happen and it's going to be so fast that you won't even notice and it's just gone right like I I've, I've thought of this this is a screwed up thing for a kid to have to think about but I remember being eight nine years old and thinking like well I'm not running into a bunker I'm running outside and hoping to die right away like, I don't want to live in, I don't want to live in the day after, like, I just like clearly remember, like, remember really feeling that way. Um, and, and I think about kids who have to go through these active shooter drills now, um, because, you know, ensuring that um, angry white supremacists have rifles is more important to America than the life of a child. Um, and, uh, and I think that would be infinitely more traumatizing than, uh, than, than that weird kind of like, it's so terrifying, it's probably never going to happen. It is inexcusable that we live in 2022 in a society where people going to the grocery store don't know if they're going to come home. It's really messed up that I went to my nephew's college graduation just on Friday. And when we walked into the arena where the where the graduation was happening, my wife and I both looked for the exits and we both made sure we knew where we were going to go lie down to get shelter if something happened in there. That's really messed up. That's not something that we should have to do, that we should have to deal with. That is hard for me as a nearly 50 year old man who's lived like my entire life and I really have a good sense of risk assessment. It has got to be absolutely terrifying for kids to just think like this is happening all around us and it just seems like nobody really cares or nobody who can do anything really cares. Yeah, our kids grew up with these shooter drills, which to me is just so much more personal. Um, yeah. But when the war with Ukraine started, my 20-year-old came out of his room at two o'clock in the morning. And he's like, mom, there's going to be there's going to be World War Three. And I'm kind of like, yeah. well, I mean, welcome to the club. He's like, no, but that's yeah. worse than you had, because, yeah, you got you had it your whole life. You got used to it. But now they see it in real time. Yeah. Oh, it's your first existential death scare. Welcome. Welcome. Right. It's <laughs> a rite of passage. Yeah. Like, oh, no, that's not a good world to be in. But I brought him here, so I have to get him through it. Well, that's awesome. Well, I'm glad that you're showing up for your kid. That's really important. If, uh, if there's just one thing I want parents to understand, it's that you have to show up for your kids. Yeah, and I've seen you say, and I really, really appreciate it, the whole what we need to pass on our kids is boundaries, mm -hmm. right? And it's so important. And I remember a few years ago seeing you tweeting the, I will no longer have this shut up Wesley yeah. thing. And for me, I was like, oh, I get it. And I, I felt like 
that's where you were starting to really find and and learn about boundaries because in my house I, kids can drop the f-bomb and whatever but no one ever says shut up yeah yeah i think that one of the um one of the 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 parts of my personality that I was not aware of because it was so fundamental to my existence is that I, I learned to be a people pleaser and I learned to, as a matter of survival, to make myself invisible and uh, uh, to uh, just constantly be prepared to um, get myself out of the way to make another person happy. And as a result of that, I didn't learn how to set boundaries for myself. And as a consequence of that, I generally had two ways to respond to things, which was exclusively fight or flight. And I was like always ready for a fight and I didn't like it. And um, uh, I found myself um, occasionally really just kind of like losing control of my ability to just be calm and just exploding at somebody because something had been triggered in me. And I've worked very, very hard to um, to, to find a middle path and stay on a middle path. And as it turns out for me, the real key to that um, was establishing boundaries. When I establish a boundary and I just tell someone, yeah, well, you can't, you know, I'm not going to participate in this thing that you're doing. Um, and, and, and I can walk away from that. Like it's relatively easy for me to do as a middle-aged dude, it's harder to do when you're younger, but it's a really good skill to have. Um, and, and being able to like disengage from that kind of behavior, um, is really important. I wish that I had been taught boundaries as a child because it would have just, I think when you have boundaries as a, as a human and the earlier you can establish and protect these in your life, the better, the earlier in your life that you get boundaries, the more confident and the more calm and compassionate and empathetic you can be um, because you know what's okay and what's not okay. And when someone comes up and pushes against that, you can, you effectively have this ability to say, listen, that's not okay. If you will respect that that's not okay and stay out of that, we can continue to coexist together. But if you're not going to respect that this is a thing that's unacceptable to me, then you just have forfeited your access to me. And, uh, I think one of the reasons I wasn't taught that is that um, uh, the man who was my father was not interested, did not care, didn't want to do the work, um, uh, and could not have been any less interested in me. And, and my mother didn't want me to have boundaries because it would have made it difficult for her to absolutely, completely control and manipulate me. Um, and one of the things that I talk about a lot in Still Just a Geek, one of the things that I talk about when people ask me about parenting um, and, and about being a survivor and living with mental health, uh, uh, and mental illness, um, uh, I constantly come back to just saying boundaries, you know, and, and when we have boundaries, we're able to depersonalize things. It takes a lot of work, um, but, but, with, but with constant practice and, and just support and honest reflection, um, I have been able to move myself from a place of constantly existing in the fight or flight binary into a much more middle way um, uh, uh, less reactive, um, mindset. And I, I know it's important to you to be kind and learning those boundaries. I'm so glad that you also found this place where you're not carrying around that ugly stuff people are putting inside you because you, you've set that and you can walk away and continue to, to live in kindness. And as a geek who's been carrying around, you know, Wheaton's law, uh, for a long time, <laughs> Is just don't be a dick um, and passing that along. I want to thank you so much for doing Still Just a Geek. 
Oh, thank you. Revisiting your own, like, oh no, I was a dick. There are moments that I'm super not proud of. There are moments where the where the the pain and trauma I was experiencing expressed itself in hurtful ways, and I wasn't aware of it at the time. And you know, I tell people all the time: when you don't know, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you don't know, then like here's my empathy and my compassion and my patience for you. Okay. Now, you know, so what are you going to do about it now that you know, Yeah. you don't, you know, you don't get the pass anymore. When I reread just a geek and I was like, Oh, now I know I, I can, I can by example, own these things that are gross um, that I regret. But also I think that I can maybe set a little bit of an example um, and provide a little bit of a roadmap toward just accepting that we screw up as people, right? We make mistakes, we say and do hurtful things. And um, there is such a fundamental difference between acknowledging a mistake, making amends, and then learning from the mistake so we don't make it again. That's called growth. But if we create a culture and a society where people are not allowed to make mistakes and then genuinely atone for them, then no one's going to ever try to not make mistakes because there's fundamentally no difference between deliberately being terrible and accidentally being terrible. And, <laughs> and, uh, and we have to, you know, we had to separate that first group from that second group um, and, 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 not, and not be part of either group if it's at all possible. I totally agree. So before we wrap up, I wanted to tell you, um, I loved your appearance as the traveler. I want my husband wanted me to tell you how much we felt like it was it was so much actual will coming through. I felt that too. The new character, right? Like he's seen some shit. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad you got that. That was a deliberate choice. Yay. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today. Where's the best place that you want people to find you on the interwebs? Rather than having to go through an enormous list of URLs to find me, the easiest thing to do is remember willwheaton.net. The links to the few social networks I am on are there, but that's where my blog lives and that's where everyone can find me all the time. Cool. Thanks everyone for joining us for this very special episode of Geek Grills. Remember, we are supported primarily by our patrons. Please visit today at patreon.com grills. I'm September, also known as 9 of 12, and hey, good game.